Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. And if you remember last time I announced that we are back with new episodes of Fright Scene, just in time for spooky season. And this week, we have an episode all about witches. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Stay to the end to hear more. It's my birthday this week, and I love nothing more than getting to share scary stories with you. But not all jobs are as great as mine. There is nothing more noble than having a job, paying your bills, and contributing to society. But not all jobs are created equally. Strong, able-bodied young people can take on more dangerous, physical jobs. Some people have jobs that mentally destroy them. And no matter how easy you think your job may be, there is always an evil entity that can make your place of work a living hell. First, spelling solves a murder, followed by terror unleashed. Then, a job too good to be true. Finally, in our featured story, a wagon that carries death. So, wanna hear something scary? A killer job. There's nothing more dangerous than a soul that's unsettled. They'll stop at nothing to find peace or take everyone else down with them. Like in this story written by Sarah Luca. Jennifer Stein was perfectly content writing for the Upstate Tribune, a small publication tucked away in upstate New York. Her typical beat involved covering fluff pieces, school contests, heartwarming tales of good Samaritans, and the festive buzz of holiday events. It was serene and safe, a world away from the dark underbelly of crime of the city, until one particular case caught her attention. 
The city had recently been shaken by the gruesome murder. She was a Jane Doe, a name assigned because the body pulled from the murky depths of the Hudson River was so bloated and disfigured that she was unidentifiable. Her teeth had been ripped from her mouth and her fingers severed, leaving no discernible way to determine her identity. This horrific crime was too close to home for Jennifer. Based on what little forensics were left, they estimated Jane Doe's age to be roughly the same as Jennifer's. The victim wasn't necessarily a New York resident. She could have been visiting from anywhere. Jennifer often ventured into the city on weekends, leaving her with a gnawing feeling that she or one of her friends could have easily met the same fate. Jennifer continued to crank out her usual fluff pieces, but she became obsessed with the mystery of Jane Doe. She chatted up the reporter on the case for updates whenever she could, wanting to know if there was any progress with the identification. One morning, she sat at her desk, perusing the freshly printed paper. Her heart skipped a beat when she spotted an awful typo in her article. She was a meticulous proofreader, proud of her attention to detail, and this was a rare slip up. She vowed to herself that such an embarrassment would never happen again. However, the following week brought another typo. Jennifer went to check her proofread copy, only to find it was flawless. The error seemed to appear just before they went to print. Frustrated and determined to get to the bottom of it, she confronted the editor, demanding that the mistake stop to prevent further embarrassment for her and the paper. When a third or fourth typo popped up, Jennifer stormed into her boss's office, determined to uncover the case of these embarrassing errors. As she laid out the papers to illustrate her point, she froze. She noticed the misplaced letters formed a name, clear as day. E-R-I-N, Aaron. Jennifer shivered involuntarily. She had an inexplicable feeling that Jane Doe was trying to send her a message, that these typos were not accidents, but deliberate attempts to communicate. Jennifer quickly abandoned her article about a local dog show, instead scouring the missing persons report for anyone named Aaron. She stayed up day and night poring over every inch of the newspaper for more hidden messages. But the typos vanished, as if the ghostly presence had retreated back into the shadows. Then, finally, Jennifer stumbled upon a missing persons report for a woman named Erin from Tennessee, who'd been visiting a college friend in New York City, but never returned home from her trip. The next day, as Jennifer flipped through the newspaper, she discovered three words with typos that spelled out H-I-M. She knew it was another message, a plea for justice. Digging deeper, she uncovered a horrifying truth. The so-called friend Aaron had visited had been infatuated with her for years. One night, after a fancy dinner, he had made unwanted advances, and when she resisted, he had unleashed a brutal wave of violence upon her before disposing of her lifeless body in the Hudson. Jennifer put together as much as she could on her own before bringing her evidence to the police which led to the arrest of the murderer. He was stunned, demanding to know how they found him when there was no evidence. Jennifer calmly told him that Aaron had found a way to communicate. 
that her spirit had guided her to expose the truth. In a fit of rage, he vowed that as soon as he was out, he would come for Jennifer. But she didn't cower in fear. She had been the link for justice, a voice for the voiceless. And she hoped that the man who had committed such heinous acts would remain behind bars. Jennifer prayed every day, fearing that if he did ever get out, she might find herself spending much more time with Aaron. Do you like puzzles and mysteries like me? Have you ever thought you could discover something no one else could? Did you have the help of something unnatural? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The boundaries between worlds are fragile. And if you're not careful, the darkness that lurks beyond can consume everything in its path, including you. Like in this story inspired by Caitlin. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. In theory, this was the case for Sonia. The dimly lit pet store was her sanctuary, a place where she found solace amidst the sounds of chirping birds and playful puppies. She loved her job, but there was one thing that irked her, Tate, her coworker. His indifference to the responsibilities that came with their jobs grated on her nerves. One afternoon, Sonia walked into the store for her shift. She surveyed the cages lining the walls and immediately noticed the empty bird bowls. She was furious. It was Tate's job to refill them, and this wasn't the first time he had slacked off. Sonia stormed over to Tate, who was lazily leaning against the counter, engrossed in his phone. She berated him for forgetting to refill the bird bowls again. Tate looked up, seemingly unconcerned. Nah, I filled them up earlier. The birds must have just been really hungry today. Stop overreacting, Sonia. Annoyed by his super chill attitude and by the fact that it seemed genuine, Sonia reluctantly refilled the feed herself. Then she began the duties of her shift, but the nagging feeling that something was off stayed with her. With the next day came deja vu. Sonia walked in to find the bird bolts practically empty once more. Her patience had worn thin. This time, she decided she wouldn't let Tate off the hook so easily. She stormed up to him, fists clenched, ready to unleash her frustration. But before she vented her anger, she noticed something strange. 
a hairline crack in the wall just behind the birdcage. It was subtle, almost imperceptible, but Sonia's intuition screamed it was important somehow. She stepped closer to investigate. Tate followed her gaze, and for the first time, seemed genuinely concerned. What's wrong? He asked. Sonia pressed her hands against the crack and felt a strange, pulsating energy emanating from it. She asked Tate if he'd ever noticed that before. Tate frowned. No, never. What even is that? Sonia couldn't explain it, but the crack in the wall seemed like a gateway to another world. It was as if reality itself was distorted around it. I don't know, but I have a bad feeling about this, she whispered. Slowly, with trepidation, they moved a birdcage aside, revealing more of the mysterious crack. Together, they carefully pushed against the wall. To their shock, a small hole gave way, revealing a dark, otherworldly void on the other side. Sonia's heart raced as she peered into the abyss. Suddenly, a shadowy, grotesque entity emerged from the portal. It had an insatiable hunger in its eyes as it lunged from the empty bird bowls. In an instant, it devoured what little millet was left, its eerie maw opening impossibly wide. Tate and Sonia stumbled back in terror, realizing the horrifying truth. This entity, this monstrous thing, had been the one consuming the bird food. Only now, it had a taste for something more. As the creature continued to feast, its form shifted, contorting into a grotesque amalgamation of feathers and scales, teeth and claws. It slithered towards the bird cages, piercing through the bars and dragging unsuspecting parrots and canaries into the portal. Sonia and Tate were paralyzed with fear as they watched the creature indulging in a gruesome feast. It munched on living animals, plucking the small pets through the grates in their cages. Tate, overtaken by panic, made a desperate dash for the exit. But before he could reach safety, the entity's tentacle-like appendages snaked around him, dragging him back towards the portal. His screams were cut short as the creature devoured him, bones snapping, flesh tearing, and his body disappearing into the void. Sonia, her eyes filled with terror, managed to break free from the horrifying spectacle. She scrambled towards the exit, tears streaming down her face. She burst through the store's door, gasping for air, unable to make a head or tail of what she just witnessed. The authorities arrived later, but they found nothing amiss. The pet store had been patched up, the crack in the wall concealed. Tate was so lazy, people would assume he was just slacking off. To the world, it was as if nothing had happened, but Sonia knew the truth. She knew that Tate, along with countless innocent animals, were trapped on the other side, victims of the entity that had crossed over. She never returned to the pet store, haunted by the memories of what was once her happy place. The nightmare had left an indelible mark on her soul. She couldn't look at any furry friends without suffering PTSD. When she finally had to get a new job, she found one where she could work from home. 
too terrified to leave her own house. Do you have any pets? What lengths would you go to protect your furry little friends? Has anything supernatural ever happened to them? If so, tell us your terrifying pet stories by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Desperate times lead to desperate measures is a well-used cliche for a reason, and sometimes that despair can lead to danger, as in this story by Janine Pipe. After I left college, I was desperate for work. I applied for anything and everything. I didn't care what the money was, what the role was, so long as it was paid, and people can sense desperation. I saw the ad pinned on a notice board in the diner I haunted, nursing a black coffee and a single piece of pie. It was warmer and safer there than pacing the streets. Usually the board only had things like teen girls offering babysitting duties, lost dogs, missing persons flyers, etc. So the help wanted with immediate start notice grabbed my attention. I ripped it off the board and used some change to call the number. No pie for me that night. I spoke to a man who gave me an address to come to the next day at 3 p.m. He said he'd explain more when I got there, but all I needed was to be able to work hard and quickly. Of course, the building was in some warehouse in the middle of nowhere. But as I said, I couldn't afford to be choosy. At exactly 3 p.m., the door, which was shuttered and barred, opened and an older guy greeted us. We walked into the building and he led me to an office where we discussed some of the roles of the job and then into a packing room. Despite all the cloak and daggers, it was a simple job in many ways. Things came into the warehouse in tightly sealed bags, which I was to then quickly package up in a nondescript box and take to the loading bay where a driver would be waiting. That was it. There were only two rules. One, once a bag arrived at the warehouse, I must package it and hand it over to a driver immediately. And two, don't ask any questions or talk about the job. If I was to mention I was working, I was simply to say I worked in a mailroom for a construction company. Every alarm bell was ringing, but like I said, I needed the money. So I shook the guy's hand and reported to work the following morning at 7 a.m. It was all fine for the first few weeks. Yes, it was a bit weird that I wasn't to question what was in the small, really cold. I actually wound up wearing gloves, bags that intermittently turned up at the warehouse, but I couldn't really explain it all. If I wasn't packaging something up or making sure there was plenty of packing stuff ready for the next one, I just had to wait around. I brought some books to read, some coupons to clip. It beat working late too, especially as the news reports kept suggesting people shouldn't be out alone at night. It was easy and boring until the day one of the bags split. It'd been there for almost three weeks when I caught a cold. It was one of those sneeze every 30 seconds, cough up a lung type cold. But since I barely saw anyone other than the drivers who exchanged the bags and packages with me and I was wearing gloves, I figured it would be okay to work. I hadn't been there long enough to have a sick day. Typically, it had been quite busy and I was back and forth between loading docks and the packing room, snuffling and hacking as I went. I just received a fairly large bag compared to the size I usually box up. And of course, a ginormous sneeze erupted 
and I threw the thing up in the air and it smashed onto the floor with a splat. I initially thought splat would be better than smash when a package hits the floor until I saw all the liquid spilling out of the bag, which of course I had spilled. It was a horrible pinkish color and smelled so bad, like old meat somehow. Suddenly, the man I'd met at the interview, who I hadn't seen since, came racing into the room screaming, snatching up the oozing bag. However, it had split worse than I had thought, and there on the ground was a brain. Turns out all those packages were human body parts and blood bags. I was unknowingly working for an illegal organ harvest organization. And yeah, you got it. The reason why people were going missing. Whether it's for the black market organ transplants or something else altogether, I have no idea. I wasn't supposed to find out. Now, I just wonder how long they can keep me alive and what part of my body they're going to take next. Have you ever done something that screams no, but you do it anyway? Would you have stayed despite the warning signs? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of La Coreta Chiona, The Weeping Wagon, inspired by Hispanic Heritage Month and now animated over on youtube.com slash gnarled. And be sure to also check out Fright Scene Episode 4, The Island of Witches, a mysterious place in between France and the UK as a continuation of my series of the most terrifying and frightening places around the world. In honor of National Hispanic Heritage Month, we're bringing a chilling tale from El Salvador. Be warned though, you don't want to hear the terrible noise of death at midnight. But if you do, make sure to close your windows tight and no matter what you do, do not let it lure you outside. But it might be harder than you think. In the dead of night, Dr. Terencio Perez received an urgent call to attend to a sick child at home. The little girl lay in her bed, trembling and barely conscious. Dr. Perez recognized the gravity of the situation. The girl needed immediate hospitalization. However, the family lacked the financial means to afford it. Acting swiftly, he offered the girl a comforting glass of water and advised the family to ensure she stay hydrated with empathy and compassion. Dr. Perez assured them that when they were able to gather the necessary funds, they could reach out to him to provide his services. And with that, Terencio departed. He headed into town to the only bar still open. He made his way down the dark, empty streets. An odd chill moved through the air. Feeling something was off, he picked up his pace. Without knowing why, he whipped around to see who was following him, but no one was in sight. The streets lay silent except for the echo of his footsteps and the unsettling creak of an ancient, rusted wheel. He inhaled deeply, scanning his surroundings once more, challenging whoever lurked in the shadows to reveal themselves. In front of him stood a familiar face, a man he had known since his childhood. But this time, he was no longer among the living. So how could he possibly still be here? Terencio rubbed his eyes and fixed his gaze on the man. Do you remember me? The man snarled, gripping Terencio's collar. And of course he did. It was a priest who had nurtured him throughout his childhood. The priest shook his head in a mix of disappointment and disdain. He made it clear to Terencio that he was well aware of every atrocious act he had committed. 
When Terencio denied any wrongdoings, the priests swiftly released his grip, causing Terencio to collapse onto the ground. The priests then said, Ah, Terencio, it seems your true nature has finally caught up to you. Your deceitful deeds shall be unveiled before all. Listen closely, for I shall reveal your despicable acts. Oh, Terencio, the secrets no longer reside solely within the depths of your twisted conscience. Let me recount the tale of your wickedness. Terencio then scoffed. Oh, please. Then the priest continued. No, Terencio, your transgressions must be exposed. After you departed our humble town, you shamelessly sought refuge with the unsuspecting villagers. You warmed your way into the life and home of a kind-hearted man named Juan Tepa. And Juan Tepa, who showed mercy, allowed you to dwell under his roof and learn the secrets of herbal medicine. Under the guise of healing, you gained their trust, and yet when the plague befell our desperate community, you seized the opportunity for personal gain. Terencio then interjected, I never meant to. The priest then said, Silence, Terencio. You took advantage of the suffering, exploiting the vulnerable for your own financial benefit. The sick and helpless who needed you the most were met with insatiable greed. Your actions are just unforgivable. Terencio nodded his head, but the priest then continued. Indeed, you did. Your betrayal of trust and your callous disregard for human life shall not go unpunished. The townspeople, enraged by your malevolence, rightfully banished you from our midst. But it doesn't stop there. You found a ship headed for San Salvador. You told everyone you were a doctor, but you lied. You said you would treat anyone who was ill if you could just have your free passage. But you only tended to those who had money. Your words fall upon death ears. Terencio, your true character has been uncovered, and no amount of remorse can undo the harm you have inflicted upon our community. May your exile serve as a constant reminder of the darkness within your soul. And even though you made a vow to me before I died that you would always be a good person and help those in need. Terencio scoffed once more. He made that ridiculous promise ages ago. What's more, he demanded to know how the priest was there. I watched you die, he said. You're dead. <laughs> and so are you, the priest replied, smiling. Terencio's jaw dropped in shock. He patted himself, but his hand passed straight through his body like a ghost. The priest informed him that because so many people had died from his refusal to help them, Terencio must now wander around and collect the bones of all his victims. He would use them to build a careta, a chariot, one like the rusty old wagon he heard when the priest first arrived. And so Terencio wandered for years collecting what remains of those who died at his hand. Piece by piece, bone by bone, he builds a chariot of death filled with the skulls and bones of the dead who were left to rot. The priest damned Terencio for eternity until he laid to rest every single bone from his victims in an appropriate cemetery. He would never be a doctor again, simply a bone collector forced to push the weeping wagon. The legend has it that during the bewitching hours of midnight, Terencio roams the towns and villages of El Salvador, calling out the names of those who have wronged others. In the distance, the eerie sounds of chains rattling and the bones cracking fill the air. And if you're truly unlucky, you might chance upon the haunting sight of Dr. Terencio's perpetually driven cart, burdened with the skulls of the deceased. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. 
Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalavos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends. Sweet screams. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now... All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.